front sight boys girls everybody listening get ready for another episode because today we've got you've seen that you've seen you've seen the title we've got mr t and low t mr t and low t pastor ron what yes. does that mean oh man we're going to explain we're wearing gold chains today we're going to be like mr t i pity the fool i got my grill <laughs> on i got i'm ready you got your grill on <laughs> nice <laughs> do y'all even know who Mr. T is? Do I, you yeah, probably I do. do. Jay. You, yeah. you know Mr. T, the A team, eighties. Oh 18, yeah, totally. You know, sweet. Okay, no, so he I doesn't. I you don't. don't. <laughs> no. Wow. I watched the A team when I was younger. Yeah. Come on. All right. Wow. I'm sorry, guys. I'm Gen Z. <laughs> I don't even, honestly, I don't even know what that means. I don't even keep up with the different G, G, Gens, the Zs, the Bs, the I A's. I didn't the... until Miss Anna's series, and I had to make all the games for it, and then I had to learn what all the generations That's were. probably pretty valuable. I don't even know which generation I am. I don't. I really don't know. I um, think you're X. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm the X Factor? Yeah. Whatever. I don't even know what that means. All right, so who's in the room, Jordan? Who's We've with got, us? Oh, yeah, my bad. We've got J-Dubs Miller. Yo. J-Dubs. Yo, yo. We've got... <laughs> Uh, I can't think of a nickname for you, Pastor Rodney Kilborn. <laughs> Charles Char- Rodney yeah, Kilborn. Yes, thank you for that very personal. I'm sorry, uh, introduction. Man. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are actually best friends um, on Front Sight. They actually have sleepovers together and stuff like that. <laughs> oh man, they, they really enjoy after um, that beard incident. You know? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. So Rodney has a coffee mug. Um, that says something like, what does it say? Oh like, thank gosh. you, dad. We love you, dad. And it has your, your biological children's name. It has, on. it has three reasons. I love being a dad. Oh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> it answers three kids. Okay. And, and I, and I crossed out the three and yeah. I put four and I, and I put a, drew another little stick figure and I put Jordan's name in there. <laughs> yeah. You. He likes to mess with my desk stuff. So I figured. When he went in there to mess with it, he'd see it. He, he was. Did. He was. You're now one of his kiddos. I am. Four reasons why he likes being a dad. <laughs> <laughs> and Jordan, you've made the list. I'm honored. All right. Well, here we go. Let's talk about. Here's what we're going to talk about today: is Mr. T and Low T. What in the world does that mean? Um, you know, there are times in a guy's life when uh, we just we're low on energy, we're low on productivity. Mm. I think we've all felt that way. I honestly, it doesn't matter what age you are. Um, I, I certainly, um, you know, have felt that way. When I, when I first met Raina, and I was in seminary, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and for whatever reason, all the seminary guys um, loaded trucks at Montgomery Ward. Like, mm. you know, what is that? That's like a Walmart kind of a deal. Wow. wow. I don't know why they did that, but they were, everybody was like, as soon as you went on campus, everybody was like, here's your application to Montgomery Ward. Like, <laughs> okay, I guess this is what we do. I mean, I, I know some of the reasons why. They worked around seminary scheduling. So uh, if it was hard to find a job that would work around your schooling. But I, when I met Raina, she was like, why are you loading trucks? She's like, you have a college degree. Like, go do this, go do this, go do this. I'm like, well, I don't know. Never really thought about it. I'm just mm. what, what you do. And so she got me into selling copiers. And they actually worked with my schedule. And I was like, okay, well, this is kind of wild. 
my point in all that, man, I, I had more energy loading trucks than I think I had energy like selling copiers. Man, going door to door, cold calling people, mm, right? Oh you know, oh, it no. wore me out. Yeah. And so I would come home and and you know meet Rain at the apartment before we were married. And I was like, how do you have the energy to like work in an office environment? Like I would rather mm-hmm. go load fifty two foot trucks in a hundred and ten degree you know weather, kind of inside the the truck, than I would this. So it doesn't matter what age um, you are now. Maybe because it is my age, I don't know. Let's find out. Do do you do you guys ever see whether on social media or TV or whatever? Or do you have do you ever receive any of the ads? That are helping you boost your testosterone. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody I've in the seen, room? I've seen like Instagram posts of people that are like, man, this guy is definitely taking something because he's crazy. Okay. All right. And then everyone else is like, man, I wish I was like that. I wish. I was. <laughs> okay. So you do. That makes me feel better. You know, I'm 54. You're. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm 18. In the 18. So that's, <laughs> I mean, that's all right. I mean, that's good. Rodney, do you ever see any of these or? I don't know why I always see estrogen commercials. <laughs> oh, how funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's drinking too much soy. Honestly, I don't know if you know that, but that's that's one of the points I'm going to make. Um, that believe it or not, um, one of the issues for men is we we as well have estrogen. We know that we do, and men can actually get breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went to you know Rihanna's little doctor and so forth, she found higher levels of estrogen. Of course, I wasn't surprised. Like you do realize, I have five females in my house, or four, however <laughs> many it is, uh, including the dog, six or seven. Yeah. I'm like I'm surrounded by estrogen, but nonetheless, you know, guys do, which is why they tell you to take testosterone because estrogen levels are. That's a whole nother sort of holistic medical talk. Um, but we joke about that. But actually, those levels can be high, and they can be um, difficult for men. So why are we talking about this? Um, men are targeted um, for testosterone because most of the time they search things like how to have more energy, how to be more productive. Okay, so does the Bible actually speak to testosterone? Hmm. Not specifically, but does the Bible speak towards energy? Does the Bible speak towards productivity? Diligence? Absolutely it does. So this is a topic. I guess I'm trying to figure out how to say it this way. You don't necessarily need what's in a bottle um, advertised to boost testosterone. You may. I'm not a physician. Um, you may need something to help in that area if you do have low energy and um, productivity and so forth. But you do need to understand the Bible speaks towards that, and mm. Paul speaks a lot about it. Okay. Yeah. Let me just let me just give you a definition. One of the many definitions of, the, of Christian manhood, and I want to give you this one, so you'll understand where we're headed. Okay. Christian manhood is not about beating your chest and celebrating testosterone. Mm. I need yeah. I need you to hear this definition because hearing this definition is obviously going to set up where we're going next. Christian manhood is about showing up and doing what real Christian men do. Mm. What do real Christian men do? Real manhood is, dem- is, is demonstrated in the fulfillment of our assigned role as a husband, yeah. our assigned role as a father, leader, Servant, teacher, protector, provider. Yeah. Now, most guys spend all of their energy on earning the paycheck, closing the deal, um, signing off at the end of the shift. And I get that. That's what pays the bills. That's what, yeah. you know, puts the kids in dance and soccer and, and whatever. That's what, you know, allows us to go on vacation and pay the bills. I, I understand that. Yeah. But most of us, when we say I'm lacking energy or productivity, what we're speaking about is I'm tired at the end of the day. And it's now showing up in my marriage, or it's mm. now showing up in parenting. 
Yeah. Okay. Right. So real manhood, real manhood isn't being filled with testosterone and beating the chest. I need yeah. you to understand that. Yeah. It's fulfilling the God-given assigned roles. Now listen to Paul explain it here, and we're going to work from this one verse. Colossians 1.29, he said, To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. In me. In me. This was a guy that if there was a Christian version of, of Christian steroids, Christian testosterone, I mean, think about what he did. Paul was present at the stoning of Stephen. Paul, we we know, was very familiar with, with Christ and his teachings. Um, he's an apostle, which means he saw Christ. He experienced him. We know that, okay? But think about what he did after the resurrection. He literally got on boats and went around the world bringing Christ to places where Christ had never been heard of. Yeah. Right? You talk about testosterone, you talk about guts, you talk about courage. Yeah. This guy had it. Yeah. I mean, he was imprisoned, he was shipwrecked, he was beaten, yeah. and he still kept going, right? So when Paul says, to this end, I'm going to come back to that, I strenuously contend. In other words, this is the, the terms that are used there is like it's both a boxing term, but it's also like a, a, a working out term. So he's like, I'm saying I'm doing those at the same time. I'm working out and I'm fighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually you work out to fight. Or if you get in a fight, you're like, I got to work out. <laughs> yeah. um, he says, I'm doing both at the same time. Okay. Mm-hmm. With what? With all the energy. Now, the reference again is Colossians 1.29. With all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Yeah. Okay. Now, let, let me, let's talk about some misconceptions about church and men. I got to deal with this first. All right. So when we say that real manhood is showing up and doing what Christ wants us to do, we need to understand first where our energy supply comes from. It comes from Christ. Mm-hmm. So unless I'm plugged in to Christ and Christ is in me, I'm not going to have the energy that I need. This, just say that that was physical, spiritual, mental, emotional. All right. Let's, misconceptions about church and men. First of all, m- most men think church is for women. Yeah. Yeah. Now, to be honest, 80% of church attendance is women. Yeah. We know that. Like, we're struggling to get men in church. Mm. Somebody paid me, uh, not me, paid the church a great compliment uh, months ago. They said, uh, man, when I drive by your church, one of the reasons why we came into your church, there were so many trucks in the parking (laughs) lot. He literally said that. And I was like, he goes, "That, that tells me that you've got men that are committed to coming to church. Wow, yeah. And I thought, that's huge. Yeah. Um, to hear that, all right, here's a misconception. Churches, churches for women. Worship is for women. Come on, bruh. I get that. Can I just say I get that? Because a lot of songs we sing, um, you know, talk about loving the Lord and loving this, and they're very, they're they're more easily uh, emotionally adaptive yeah. for women to express than it is for men to express. I get that side of it. But listen, um, when 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 you're worshiping, I don't care who's watching me. Like, when I understand how much God loves me and what he's done for me, I don't care what is happening. But that is a misconception that that worships for women. Here's another one. Bible study is for women. That's mm. another misconception. Yeah. Okay, let me be honest about that one, too. The way the average woman does approach a Bible study is not the, the way the average man would. Yeah. So we do learn differently. We know that. Here's another one. Prayer is for women. Mm. We think only moms and grandmas can pray. 
prayer groups. Yeah, prayer groups. Exactly. We think prayer groups are, are, no, some of the strongest prayers you're reading the Bible, obviously, were written by men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the most powerful Bible verse uh, prayers is in Ephesians chapter 3 and in Ephesians chapter 1, written by Paul. Uh, Here's another one. Church is more natural for women, and it's more unnatural for men. That's a misconception. Mm. Because 80% of uh, attendees at church are women, the average man thinks that it's going to be uh, oriented around a, a female experience, mm. right, and so forth. Here's another one. Church is stagnant and sterile. Mm. Now, to be honest, I kind of have to agree with that on some extent. Not our church, I pray, but I've been to a lot of churches that, yeah, they're effectively neutered. Yeah, Like they're not really – they're the gospel, I don't know what it is they're preaching. It was more of a feel-good message. The worship was just kind of bland. You, just going through the motions. Going through the motions. You, yeah. you more got the elevator pitch, you know, uh, rather than like true gospel, like we were afraid to sort of like speak the truth and speak the truth in love. Or or some churches tied down to legalism and exactly and letting worship pass them by. Exactly. All of that. All right, those are misconceptions. Here's the translation. Here's the tra- here here's how those misconceptions translate into a guy's brain. I will lose my masculinity if I go to church. Mm. Bruh. All right, so if you're already struggling with low drive, low energy, low T, the last place you want to go to is to go to church where you're afraid you're going to lose your masculinity. Yeah. That I'm going to be asked to sit in a prayer group and share my feelings and raise arms and say, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, right? I mean, that's the image. But the opposite is actually the truth. The opposite is we actually need more men in church, and church is actually geared toward the masculine, not the feminine. Yeah. It meets both. But Paul constantly was a, a man of courage. I mean, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Mm-hmm. Read the battles that took place in the Old Testament. Look at the battles that, that that Paul had to experience. All of the disciples they had to go through, many of them were crucified, and many of them were crucified upside down. Mm. They were in prison. They were in jail. Think about the courage and the strength that it took to do what they did. Yeah. We need more men that are willing to be that kind of man. Oh, my gosh, Amen. yes. In church. Like, so, right now. I'm reading the Bible in a year and there's just so much of like the Old Testament that Mm. people just don't know about because like what you were saying earlier, like the church is like oftentimes just preaching feel good message Mm. that that they just don't hear about like the kind of God that was in the Old Testament that that just like is the same God today. Right. That's just like go. You have to go wipe out this nation now. Right. And then they're like, man, God's only love. God's only peace. God's only. But he's not. Right. There's just like so much to God that's just forgotten. Right. And then men are like, man, this isn't for me. Yeah. But they're just not taking the initiative to go seek it out. Right. You know? Right. And that's just like the, like, I feel like the main problem is just like they don't know. Right. I I love everything about what I experienced in the Marine Corps. And it wasn't as long as like Rodney and others. Mine was very short. And I'm still very, you know, proud, obviously, to be a United States Marine. Like, I get that. But honestly, the hardest battle I've ever had to fight is is ministry, yeah. the ministry, mm-hmm. the, the spiritual warfare. Um, I, it, it takes so much more, you know, to face the, those battles than any other. Now, let me give you some misconceptions about faith in men. That was church in men. What about faith in men? Faith is for the weak. Mm. I, I get that because sometimes how we portray Faith. I I want to start uh, training godly biblical men to see that that living the life of faith is for the strong and the courageous. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm praying. I, I mean, I am praying for men to take up the mantle 
of of doing ministry, of going on the mission field, of leading their family. Like we need more men that see faith is absolutely for the strong. Like only the strong apply. Yeah. Right. This is not for the faint-hearted. Here's another one. Right. Faith lacks skill and courage. That's another misconception. We think that it lacks skill and courage. Now again, the way the most the average church is sort of set up, yeah, there's not a whole lot of skill and courage that is required of men. Mm. Um, they're asked to sort of come sit in a Bible study. You know, obviously because we're developing Waterstone Academy, I was watching the um, you know some lessons the other day about how differently boys learn from girls, and boys boys need to be out. Like they need to be out learning, like digging dirt and you know digging holes and throwing rocks and you know and so forth. And there are some girls that you know as well. But the average female is more geared to sit still and learn, rather than boys are out. Like I got to take this mountain, I got to take this hill, and so forth. We need churches that that you know promote skill and courage. Like I just came back from Cuba. And it was rough on a lot of levels. For me, it was kind of rough on my stomach. I'm still kind of paying for it in some areas. Uh, but nonetheless, it takes courage to go on the mission field no matter where you go. Like We we need guys that want to climb the Mount Everest of faith um, in yeah. church and see that, as, that it takes courage. Here's another one. Faith is passive and does not welcome the aggressive. Mm. You know? It reminds me of a, a meme and, uh, you know, if you'd see like a couple years ago, like if... If you can't handle it, go to church. Ooh, they would they would almost oh man yeah trivialize like if, if you're weak, go to church. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's out there. Yeah. I mean that that really is. There are so many guys that just think they that that, that church is not for manhood, yeah. which is why we have so many men that are not in church. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. For faith, church, and ministry, these these three things: faith, church, and ministry should not be disassociated. From manhood, but proof of manhood. Mm. Wow. Let me say that one more time. Faith, church, and ministry should not be separated from manhood. Yeah. Like we should not be defining manhood in other areas other than the way the Bible did. It's yeah. evidence of manhood. It's evidence of manhood. That's good. The, the stronger my faith is, is the stronger my manhood is. The the more I'm involved in the local church, the stronger my manhood is. The more I understand that I was made for ministry and not just a paycheck, right? The more I understand that, then that strengthens my manhood. You got to understand this is how God made you. One more time, Colossians 1.29. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Okay? Now, here's the truth about low energy, low drive, and low productivity. Hmm. Let's, let's deal with some common things. All right, I, I have to touch on these things. Let me deal with some common things. Let, let's deal with what actually causes energy crashes. Like what can taint... Here's the view I want you to have. What can affect your view towards ministry and towards faith? Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. believe yeah. it or not, these, these are some things that crash your energy level. Here's, a, here's one, diet. Boom. Believe that or not, I mean, if you, sure. if you have a horrible diet, it throws everything off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it affects, right, it affects your energy at home. If you're drinking like monster energy drinks just to get through the day and then you come home and you crash and you have the side effects of coming down from that stuff or whatever, no wonder you're cranky at home. Yeah. Or if you're not eating properly or not eating enough, like your diet affects your testosterone, your diet affects your estrogen, your diet affects your moods, all of that. You have to start eating better. And and you say, really, Pastor Ron, like we're dealing with diet right now because, yeah, diet affects your faith. For sure. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It makes me think of First Corinthians six twelve. Speaking of Paul, yeah. all things are lawful for me, but not necessarily helpful for me. Exactly. Mm, yeah. That's a great verse. Yeah, Paul was saying, yeah, exactly. Just because like, I can doesn't mean I should. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you have to take care of your body. Taking care of your body actually helps you mentally. You know see things, view things, appropriate things, have conversations and get through the day, sort of siphon your energy so there's enough for at home, so you're, you're focused, you're not having to just give everything in like a sprint, and then when you come home, you're, you're done, see it as more of a marathon. Uh, if Here's another inner energy crasher, demands. Mm. Yeah. I mean, let's all admit it. I mean, the demands that life puts on us, I mean, it can take it can take the the drive out of you, yeah. and mm-hmm. especially if you kind of go home and you don't feel like you're that's being replenished, um, and, and, and you know, like even more demands at home. Remember, you have two jobs, two ministries. One is family; that's your first and foremost, um, and and then the second is the job that pays the bills. Well, and we but, don't necessarily prior, always prioritize them correctly. No, we don't. And uh, but the but the, the demands on life they they pull it out of you. I mm. guess at my age, I'm seeing more of this. Um, but I'm seeing more guys than they're in their you know mid 40s to 50s. What you would call a midlife crisis? I don't know, but I do. I see a lot of them that are going like, man, like is this sort of what my life is you know amounted to? And, I, and I, to some extent, I get that. Like I've been preaching 33 years, been a senior pastor for 30 years, and so effectively, if I'm 54, let's just say I'm I'm on the last 30 years of my ministry, and I'm thinking, whoa, the first 30 went by fast. So I'm kind of in the second half of ministry now. I don't mm. want that second half to be wasted. Mm. As a matter of fact, I want to take everything I've learned and go even if I went 100 miles an hour my first 30, I want to go 250 miles my last 30. Like literally give it all. But I get it. There's some guys that are going, they're, they're now looking back at 20, 25 years of work and family and life and they're like, what does all this like amount to? Like, mm. I mean, now I'm just kind of staying home and watching the grandkids or I'm staying home and I thought retirement was going to be this and it's not. Yeah. To um, a certain extent that's enlightenment. Mm. You know, you 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 you've become wise enough to realize how deficient some of the decisions you've made yeah. that put you where you are and mm. how much time you've wasted. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then not, some people make wrong choices. Yes, they go, okay, a midlife crisis. I, it's the sports car. It's this or that. That's not what it is. But right. the the epiphany was probably. Yes. Rightly placed. Yeah, but which which can lead to the next one, the third one, discouragement. So mm-hmm. diet demands and discouragement. These are all things that pull away from productivity and energy level. Ultimately, what I'm saying in that is this: these are things that do affect your faith. Yeah. Like if I'm discouraged, I'm not going to feel like going to church. If if yeah. I'm overwhelmed with demands, I'm not going to feel like developing my faith. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not. If I'm not eating right, I'm probably not going to feel like getting out of bed. You know, mm-hmm. disappointments is another one. So here's your four energy crashers, diet, demands, discouragement, disappointments. Now, why do we mention, listen, church and productivity, faith and energy, strength and scriptures, mission and manliness in the same breath? Mm. Why? Because they're inseparable. Yeah. Wow. They are inseparable. Let me just mention those one more time. A lot of times guys will focus on productivity, close the deal, finish the shift, you know, do, do well at my job. But for whatever reason, we get home and we don't focus on the real mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you right now, I meet a lot of guys who had good careers, but they never felt like their life had a mission or a calling. Mm-hmm. And you only find that mission and calling uh, predominantly through your faith. Yeah. So as your faith grows, you grow in your calling as law enforcement, as as a salesman, as a CEO, um, mm-hmm. 
whatever, a teacher, whatever your occupation is, an electrician. If God is if God has opened the door and you love doing a, the electrical work, if you love the trades work, if you're a contractor, um, if you're a teacher, no matter what it is, as your faith is developed, so is your calling and your job developed. Remember, yep. what you do pays your bills, but who you are is a minister in Jesus Christ. Mm. Okay, so watch. Most guys focus on energy but not faith, but faith feeds the energy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay, strength and scriptures. Most guys go after mental strength, physical strength, emotional strength, but it is the Word of God. Yeah. That feeds your physical strength, your emotional strength. If you are void from the word, I mean, it is the word of God that, that strengthens you. It strengthens you, but it, it created the heavens. Yeah, it, it it made water, it made planets, it made earth, it made it is the spoken word of God that was the ultimate, if you will, energy um, in life. And and hearing those words gives us strength. Why do I mention mission and manliness? Hmm. I'm just telling you right now, guys. Your manliness is your mission. Yeah. And the more you understand who God has called you to be as a father, as a husband, whatever your occupation is, if you wake up and you say, God, today is your day, and and this is what you've called me, I understand my purpose in life, that develops your manliness. Your manliness never develops your mission. Mm -hmm. Never. Why? Because the world is constantly changing its definition of manliness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as you age through the ages and stages of life, like I look back at it, when I was a young 24-year-old pastor or whatever, yeah, 24-year-old, when I look back at it, man, all right, I, somebody said it this way, I was young and immature. <laughs> <laughs> Not young and immature. Like I would make, I just made decisions. Like I rode that horse and I rode it hard. Like I was a maverick. Like I just, I made decisions in the, like just a snap of a finger because I knew what needed to be done. Now, the older I, I became, Raina says wiser, the older I became, <laughs> I literally did become more wise and now I'm a little bit more deliberate in those decisions. That's not necessarily mm. bad, but age has taught me. But listen, the mission has never changed. If I value my manliness on how fast I used to make decisions, I would look at my life now and go, oh my, like mm. I'm not as effective as I was. Yeah. But no, because I understand the mission so much more, it helps me in this stage of manliness. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 This It's actually uh, making me think uh, hard about, so you we often as men think, or we equate calling to a skill set. Yeah knowledge, yes. experience, and really it could be none of those. Right. Uh, that's not how God works. And so it's more like you train for the mission. You don't you don't set the mission for the training. Right. Yes. And experience. So it's interesting how we always look the wrong direction and God's calling us and we're ignoring it because we're expecting it to be, well, God made me accountant. So yes. how can I use my accounting may have yeah. nothing to do with that. Exactly right. It, mm. it, more than likely, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because God wants you to have an occupation. The Bible tells us that in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, where the, where the rafters sag. Yeah. A man is lazy. So in other words, take care of home, take care of your family. Like, we get right. that. The Bible never promotes laziness, but we miss it. We, we are so trained in Western culture to go to school, which we should, to get a degree, which we should, to get an occupation, which we should. 
But in that, we're so trained and convinced that that comes first, and then I discover my mission. Absolutely mm. not. Mm. Yeah, I discover my calling in Christ, and just wherever God land, wherever I land in occupation, I serve God through that occupation. Yeah, mm-hmm. my occupation is not my mission. Who I am in Christ is my mission, and that's yeah. expressed in my job. Yeah, when I have that understanding, I, I'm not as lacking. I will lack in energy at times, of course. Right. Yeah. There are times in ministry where I'm just overwhelmed. You're going to lack in strength. You're going to lack in productivity. But at the end of the day, when I realize that it's all in God's hands and God's timing, then the pressure is not on me to go out there and take a testosterone pill and boost myself up so I can yeah. a- accomplish the day. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah. Yeah. You okay. put me here. Uh, yeah. Give me the strength to get through it. Exactly. Well said. All right, so let, we can wrap this up because all that was the front porch um, to really where I wanted to get to, mm. all right? So Nehemiah is our model here, and yeah. I, I I love Nehemiah. Yeah, me too. Now, I can, I can I admit, I actually shy away from teaching Nehemiah, and I shouldn't because so many preachers do. I feel like everybody's heard this story so many times. So Jacob and Jordan are here. They can attest. Like, I don't like watching movies over. Like, if we've seen it once, yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. like. I don't want to see it again. I'm like, I want, give me six years. I don't want to, you know, but you know, some, some members of my family, they can watch it over and over. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know who you're thinking about right now. Okay. <laughs> Benjamin. Yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. Butter, butter, yeah, but, not a, butter nobody's name. Right. <laughs> but here's my, here's my point and all that. Like I shy away from teaching Nehemiah because I feel like every pastor does and everybody's heard the story over and over and over when I shouldn't shy away from that. Mm. Now I can only give high level view on Nehemiah. So if you're not familiar with Nehemiah, Nehemiah was tasked with building, rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Phenomenal, ridiculous task and occupied territory, by the way, which is why the walls were down. Mm-hmm. And an ungodly king grants him permission and funding to go rebuild the walls. That That's a story all by itself. Exactly. Oh, Stupid yeah. crazy, the courage that yeah. it took for him to go there and do that. But he rebuilt the walls in a record time frame, mm. like crazy time frame. And so just to kind of give you an idea like, like what we're looking at, but if we look at Nehemiah, um, I can pull out four or five, I think it's four, four words that help you go from Mr. T, like low T, to Superman. Can yeah. I just say that way? Yeah. All right. In other words, I want to give you four traits of a strong, focused, godly man, mm. according to Nehemiah. All right. Now, Nehemiah is our example. Number one, here's what you got to know. Every man needs a wall to build. Mm. Now, stop. Didn't say job. If you go back and study that, Nehemiah, number one, he had a wall to build. But when he assigned a portion of the wall to be built, he assigned it to family. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, you just didn't go to work and do... So, all right, so my dad's... The guys that work for my dad's company, they said what everybody else says. When they finished the job... Um, you know, you get so tired at the end of the day hanging stone um, that your energy's drained. And, you know, they would say this. They would say, well, I can't see the job from my house. Mm, Meaning it doesn't care yeah. how bad it looks. It may not be really finished well, but I can't <laughs> yeah. see it from my house. Not the case in Nehemiah's Not wall. the case in Nehemiah. Oh the yeah. section of the wall that you were assigned to build was the section that was by your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're going to build the wall that's protecting your family, you're going to build that wall really well, or you should um, at least. But here's my point. Let me say it again. Every man needs a wall to build. Yes, you need a job to go to. And for a lot of guys, your job is your calling. Like, I get that. Like, you know God has called you 
to your job, but you 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 need a wall to build. Like purpose. Here, purpose. You every man needs a without that, then yes, at the end of the day, no matter if you've closed all the deals and you're salesman of the month or the quarter, you're still gonna you're you're still gonna feel incomplete. Mm. Oh yeah. Every man needs a wall to build. You need purpose to live by. Now, let me just say this: that purpose can change seasonally, um, depending upon this age and stage of your family. Like if you're single, um, that wall looks different than when you get married. Yeah, right. Um, right. If you're like 18 years of age versus, <clears throat> excuse me, 54 years of age, that purpose looks different. Yeah. If you're married but no kids, if you're married with kids, you get the point. Right. In all of that, you need to be asking God, what is my purpose? Which is always, I'm telling you, which is always attached to the local church. Yeah. Always. Good. Yeah. And it's always now. It's always Inst- now. Instead of thinking, it's this thing that I'm working up to, you know, 15 That's a great years from point. now. That is a great point. Yeah. Because if not, we'll just push, keep pushing it back. Yeah. Right. I got to train. I got to get ready. That's a, That's an excellent point. Every man needs... You need a current, compelling purpose that gets you out of bed. Mm. Now, of course, you know, being in ministry, you know, my calling um, is to preach and to pastor, and I don't have a boss per se. I mean, I do. Um, the church is going to know if I'm slacking off. Um, hmm. God is my ultimate boss. I mean, you know what I'm saying. But I don't. I don't have. I don't have an alarm clock that gets me out of bed that says I have to show up at nine. My shift is nine to five or eleven to three or <clears throat> whatever. I don't have that. The calling is my alarm clock, mm. um, and so. But every man needs a calling. It might right. be your kids. It might be your marriage. Um, it, it might be you. You have a job, but, but God, I feel like you want me to build this into my family. So how can I? Without purpose, without purpose, you're you're always going to feel uh, like you don't have the energy, like you don't have the strength, like you're not being productive. Here's the here's the second one. Uh, according to Nehemiah, every man needs acute perception. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I wish I had time to spend on that. Okay, let's, let me just tell you the story. So surrounding um, Nehemiah, the Bible says the wall was full of rubble. Number one, you got to pay attention to that. And he had three enemies that constantly tried to take him off the wall. And he had uh, constantly enemies around him that wanted to come and take over at any moment. So he positioned the people not only by the wall where their house was, but he put a sword in one hand and a trowel in another. Mm-hmm. The Bible specifically says that there was a sword in one hand and a trowel um, in another because he had enough perception and awareness to identify the enemies, um, to know who were his friends, how to strengthen families, and of course, um, his family. Now, watch and to identify the rubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing why the Bible mentions rubble. You and I. Of course, we're going to get tripped up with the big things, but it's often not the big things that sap our energy. It's all the little things. Death death by a thousand cuts. Absolutely. Like, Raina and I are so busy. I'm just going to be honest, so busy that her and I have to come to each other every once in a while and go, look, I have just too much rubble at my feet right now. Like, right now, I I, I, I can't pay attention to these things, and we have to just shift our loads at different times. There are times when I take care of Raina's rubble. There are times when Raina takes care of mine, so she's like, you need to focus here. And I'm like, well, you need to focus here. It's it's a give and take, right? Yeah. But my point is, a lot of times, guys, we spend the majority of our energy on cleaning up rubble mm. rather than going after the mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're literally just sort of wasting life on 
things that in the end don't matter like they do. Like it was important to get the rubble out of the way, which is why he dealt with that first. Yeah. He removed the rubble so they could clearly see the purpose and what they were building because he knew if they had to work around rubble, they would lose their oh, energy. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. Think about that. If if your house is just a disaster, let's just, and all of our houses have been disasters at times. Right. And you come in, the thought of going in and just like picking up all of that to, you're like, oh, bro, yes. Oh. Bro, well, trying uh-huh. to do school in my house when my, when my room is dirty, it's like, it's, I can't. Cause yeah. I, yeah, yeah. So I like with a house, like when owning a house, like that's just like magnified, I, I, I assume. Oh, it is. Oh, with laundry, with kids, yeah, go, Rodney. I think about the fact that the blown up, you know, rubble wall right. is also just uh, a negative. It's very much so. You know, you're you're staring at what happened, and, and mm. you can very easily get into what are we doing this for? Look what's going to happen. Yep. I mean, so yeah, there's yep. so many. No, exactly things. right. On both sides of that, exactly right. It's 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 a hindrance to the job, but it's also yeah. a negative to keep you like, well, I don't like. What oh, are I'm that doing way. this for? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you just unintentionally nailed me. All right. <laughs> so Raina can see through the rubble. And she's like, hey, we need to go do this project. I look at it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. This project's going to take. Yeah, so I'm many like, steps. Oh, I can't do I'm that. the biggest whiner when it comes to Raina's projects. I'll admit. And Raina listens to these. So, Raina, you're laughing right now, right? <laughs> she, she's like, we're going to go do this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Do you, I mean, I'm like, I'm like Eeyore. I'm like, you know what that's going to do. And I'm like, this is an eight-hour job. And it literally turns out to be like two hours. And Raina's like, see, that wasn't that bad. Now, I'm a horrible learner because 29 years of marriage, I'm still learning that lesson. <laughs> I mean, I'm being totally honest. So to, to Rodney's point, um, it can be a negative. Nehemiah had perception, mm. insight, discernment. He knew what were the energy drainers. He knew it would take them off mission. So you have to have as a dad, as a husband, as a godly man, you have to be aware of all the things that are pulling at you away from you, into you, and around you that keep you off mission. Mm. Wow. You need acute perception. Like, identify the the ridiculous and negative, overwhelming things in your life that just don't need to be there, okay? Mm-hmm. That's a whole other podcast coming up on how to deal with that. Here's yeah. another one. Every man needs continual prayer. Yeah. Every yes. day, Nehemiah prayed until the walls were up. Yeah. Yeah. He just didn't say, good Lord, good you know, good food, good meat, good Lord, let's eat, kind of mm. a prayer. He didn't pray that. He just didn't look at the walls and say, well, let's get this thing done. Ready, break. He literally made prayer every step of the way. Yeah. Dad, you got to be a praying dad. Man. Husbands, you got to be praying husbands. Mm. Uh, I'm telling you, so I was at Young Maverick, and I'd go to pastor's conferences, and I'd hear guys that are now my age, and they would say, prayer is an important part of ministry. And I'm thinking, pfft. That's because you're 54, bro. <laughs> like, you don't need prayer when you're 25. Like, give me give me those horses. I'll ride them for you. Yeah. Uh, no, I was wrong. Yeah. Right? Prayer is the is the biggest asset mm. in strength, productivity, and energy. Yeah. 100%. Here's the fourth one. Every man needs courageous persistence. Mm. Mm. Wow. I love, love this story um, in Nehemiah's life, Okay. So he had three men that constantly wanted, that were threatening him, straight up threatening him. And I love the way the Bible puts it. The Bible says, sent him letters. 
So it's kind of like getting certified mail yeah. every day from someone that hates you. Oh, my gosh. Literally. <laughs> yeah. And they literally said, come off the wall and come meet us. Come off the wall and come meet us. They wanted to pull him off task. They mm. knew if they could get him off the wall, they would get him sidetracked and get him down, blah, blah, blah. Nehemiah, I love it. He says, I am not coming down from the wall to meet with you doofuses. That's not what the Bible said, but in essence, it's <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> Pastor Ron's version. Yeah. It was the Hebrew word for doofus. <laughs> it was the Hebrew word there is doofus. Um, but he literally stayed the wall. Do you understand? Like, I don't think I can understand how much courageous persistence it took for him to not answer those ridiculous attacks. Well, yeah. Oh, my gosh. How many times? All right, guys, are you listening to me? Can I just speak to the 42 of you that wanted me to start this podcast, and this is why? How many times in your head does the devil come in and tell you you're not enough, mm. you have failed, you failed as a father, you failed as a husband, you're not providing, the, the bills are coming, some are past due, like... God, I know you know who I'm talking to. Like right now, how many times has the devil come to you and wanted you to come off the wall? Yeah. And maybe you have. Maybe you stepped off the wall and and went back to old habits and practiced, you know, old things, or maybe you thought thoughts that you shouldn't have thought. I'm telling you right now, in order to maintain your godly strength and productivity and energy level, it's not found in a bottle that's called Mr. T. It is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And on, listen, only Christ could keep him on the wall. Mm. Yeah. Now, why? Because he was a man of prayer, he had acute perception, and he had purpose. Wow. Back it up. I'm just telling you, if you don't have purpose, if you don't have perception, and you don't have a prayer life, when the enemy comes in and says, come off that wall for a minute, we need to talk about some stuff. Mm. Who do you think you are on that wall? That job's not going to be successful. Your mm. family knows that you're a failure. Mm. Your daughter knows you're a man of impatience. Your son knows that you were angry last week. I'm just those are the voices you hear in your head. Everybody mm. knows the old you. Yeah. Everybody knows the old you. Oh, exactly. Man. Right? There's yeah. too much rubble to keep working. Why even try? Nehemiah stayed on the wall, which is why he built those walls. And if you understand, like, what we mean by that, it was huge. He did it in record time. Yeah, It's phenomenal to look back and see um, how, how quickly he did it. And he did it because he had purpose. He was very uh, aware, perception, acutely aware, like minutely aware to the Spirit speaking to him that allowed him to have insight into what to do and what not to do. That's perception. He was a man of continual, continual prayer and a man of persistence. So what we just did, I don't know if you noticed it or not, what we just did on those four things that we just mentioned, every one of them attacked the misconceptions I gave you at the front. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Every one of them. That's why we started out with that. So we think that going to church and praying and being aware of God's moving in my life and asking God for a purpose in study and prayer and Bible study and worship, we think that is not manly. Mm. One of the strongest builders that we've ever known in the Bible was that was that guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was a man of purpose, perception, prayer, and persistence. 
And I'm telling you guys, if you've never tried to live the godly life, it takes more courage to live the godly life and more strength to live the godly life than it goes to take to go out there and and sling some stuff around the job yard and do your job every day and and not mm. listen to some of the words that guys say and and not listen to some of the jokes that the guys say. It takes more strength to do that than it does to close a deal. So true. Yeah. That is, yeah. Don't grow weary of doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. Exactly Don't right. Give up. For in due season you will reap a harvest. That's right. Exactly right. This is what you, you you're going after, guys. I'm telling you. I know. I've been there. Like I've been there. Like I've been tempted to buy the the ab band that I lay in bed and it just, it vibrates and all of a sudden I wake up with abs after 30 minutes. Like I've been there. <laughs> I, I get so many Instagram ads to buy the low T bottle. Oh I don't know why. Gosh. Does Instagram just think I have low testosterone? Oh, I have no, no idea. But I've been tempted to buy it just to see what it does to me. You know, I, I didn't. I'm not. I'm joking about all that. Here's what I'm telling you. Being a man of faith is 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 what's going to give you energy. It's mm. what's going to make you productive. It's what's going to make you strong. Being yeah. a man of faith. Yeah. Yep. Can you tell I'm passionate about this? Like, I want to get yes. mad right now, mm. but not mad mad. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, you're letting the devil rob you with rubble, and you're letting him... You're letting him slip lies into your head that say uh, prayers for the weak, perceptions for the weak, purposes for the is for the weak. Like you don't need purpose. You just need drive. You just need to close a deal. You just need the Lamborghini. You just need the big house. Whatever. You know. You just need the Gucci watches. Uh, do they even sell Gucci anymore? I have no idea. Right? Like you need that. No, that's not it. Jordan, you know what Gucci is? Oh yeah, Gucci. I got Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing Gucci right now. I bet not you really. are. <laughs> oh man, you are Gucci. I yeah, Gucci game, man. Yeah. Gucci game. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I'm telling you right now, we're closing this thing out. Um, what you guys need is to be men of faith. Mm-hmm. That is what gives you the strength, the energy, and the productivity. At the end of the day, the world wants you to measure productivity its way. But at the end of the day, you measure productivity God's way. And here it is. Did I do what God asked me to do this day? Mm. And that takes strength. Wow. And as you do that, you are actually strengthened, um, mm-hmm. the Bible tells us. I hope this helps you guys. And uh, listen, stay on the wall. Stay on the job. Stay in the family. Stay in the marriage. Stay in your in your healthy habits. Stay in the Word. Stay in prayer. That is your wall. That is your purpose. We are going after men who are fearless, who are faithful, who are focused. That's what we want at Front Sight. We're praying for you today yep. to be strong, godly men, men of purpose, men of courage, men of prayer, men of persistence. Go after today, guys. Thank you for listening. Share, share, share. Like, like, like. Pray, pray, pray. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening to Front Sight.